1: First of all, thank you, thank you, thank you to all of you who have been sending us emails and a lot of emails at that, um, thanking us for giving you guys the straight scoop on what's really going on in the market. And some of you, and actually, Julie, I think we received two or three handwritten cards from people, old school, which yeah, I always appreciate. Lovely. Um, you know, We should actually read a couple of those so that we're showing appreciation for those that are showing appreciation to us. But we've been really getting uh, an almost overwhelming amount of um, communication from all of you, 137,415 of you yesterday, you know. So I appreciate it. I really sincerely do. Julie and I got ahead of our skis telling you guys what we thought was going to happen in the market. We probably risked some professional, you know, relationships with people by um, warning all of you. But the fact is, is nobody else is. And they still aren't, really. And that's kind of sad. So we're going to continue to beat that drum. We're going to continue to tell you what we're seeing. We're going to continue to tell you the things you don't want to hear when you don't want to hear them so that you can – Actually, get ahead of the curve, and you don't have to get, um, you know, sucked into whatever down market vortex that's going to be looming for most of the industry. Do we predict a big real estate crash, bubble bursting, that sort of drama? No, but could it happen. Yes. No one predicted it back in 06. No one. I mean, we knew it was going to be a slowdown. We saw it happening in our coaching clients. But we've been seeing the same slowdown happening in the exact same markets in different ways, but the exact same result starting about two years ago. And we started warning all of you back then, you can go back and listen to our podcast. We were telling you exactly what we were seeing. Um, Look bottom line is guys there's going to be a correction that's going to happen and probably noticeably in your market if it hasn't started yet it will definitely start the middle of next year to the end of next year and here's the response that you should have who cares it doesn't matter as long as you're as long as you're prepared you can make money no matter what direction the market's going you can make money helping people being of service provided you have the skills that they need at the time when the market starts to change and i promise you and we said this yesterday and i'm not going to belabor this point again is that everything that you you have to start with the assumption that everything that you think works or everything that has worked in the boom market that really started in 2011 to this day, you have to assume that everything that's worked in your business to generate transactions, generate revenue, generate, you know, close deals, you must assume none of those things are going to work. Now, you might find that some of them do and not, you know, obviously a lot of them will, but I want you to approach your business as if none of them will, because that's going to be the only way you're going to actually have open eyes to the fact. That look, guys. When it's in a transitioning market, of what Julia and I call Phase Two, that's really brutal. That's just the fact because you're dealing with so much misinformation. You're dealing with the information uh, coming out of the industry that it's trying to perpetuate the continuation of a seller's market, which is a complete, you know, bullshit. You're going to see brokers, you're going to see office managers, you're going to see gurus, coaches. You're going to see all these people saying the same damn thing. And the reason they're doing that is because not because they don't know that there's a market shift happening. I mean, guys, how can they not they have access to the same information we do you know they have that same a- access to the same information that you do but what they're hoping is that you aren't smart enough to uh, you know know how to basically come up with your own decisions and that you'll just follow blindly and that's what most agents do most agents are just lemmings they're going to go off the cliff that is what happens that is the nature of humanity we el- we attach ourselves to a certain set of beliefs And we follow those sets of beliefs all the way to our own oblivion. That's what happened before. That's what will happen again. Please don't let it happen to you. Because if you don't take our dire warnings seriously and you don't adjust accordingly and you don't listen to what we're saying and you don't prepare and you don't literally go as far in your mind and allowing yourself to accept the fact that I need to retool pretty much everything I'm doing in my business, if you just take a little baby step – You are going to hurt yourself, hurt your business, hurt your centers of influence and past clients, hurt your future business, but you're also going to hurt your family. Brokers, office managers, you need to take what I just said and scale it by 1,000 because you're dealing with a lot of other people's lives and your lack or your unwillingness to say and do things that would be of service to other people. And so, look, we're going to continue to say what we're saying. We're going to continue to do what we're doing. And we're going to probably amplify it until everybody's listening because of the fact that that is our mission. That is our job. We have a moral imperative to tell you guys the truth as we see it, not as the industry wants us to say it. We have received emails, not a lot, granted, but emails from brokers and office managers and people like that telling us, that were scaring your agents. And my response back was, why aren't you doing it? Why is it that they're having to come to us to hear the truth about what's going on in the market? Why aren't you preparing them? And when they are willing to engage in a conversation with me, which frankly has been rare, The answer is they don't know how, and that's fine. I get it, guys. I get it. If you haven't been in the industry as long as Julie and I have, if you haven't been coaching and training at the level that we have for as long as we have through the different markets like we have, you don't know, and that's number one, is to admit that you don't know how to prepare your agents. Let us do it. We'll make them stronger. We'll make them love you as a result. We'll make them confident. We'll make it so they're not living in fear. We'll make it so when they start figuring out that you didn't tell them the truth about what was happening in the marketplace... Uh, you know that won 't happen in your business in your brokerage in your team. They will say instead, "I am with this brokerage I am with with this entity because I know they 've got my back. I know that they have prepared me for what 's happening, even if what 's happening doesn 't happen for another twelve or maybe some markets eighteen months in a in a noticeable meaningful way but it 's going to happen it 's inevitable it 's the nature of it, so there it is, okay. So do yourself a favor. Go back and listen to the past podcasts. If you're a brand-new listener, as obviously a lot of you are, go back and listen to the series of podcasts Julie and I did a few weeks ago now on the different phases of the Real Estate Reset. We're calling it the Real Estate Reset. Let's see if, let's see if people catch on to that name. It's kind of catchy. I think Julie thought of that term. So, yeah, go back and listen to those podcasts. There's five of them um, that's talking about the different phases. And then use the information. We, we put those podcasts and that content together to help you but we also want you to learn it so you can then help your sellers. You can explain to your sellers what's going on. A lot of you are experiencing sellers that are still aspirationally pricing. You're seeing offers come in and your sellers want to negotiate, and then they negotiate, the buyer goes away. You're seeing appraisal problems. You're seeing inspection issues. You're seeing buyers basically taking themselves out of the market for fear of this, the other thing. You're seeing rising interest rates. You're seeing all these things. It's called phase two. So if you want more information on that, go back and listen to the series of podcasts we did on that, all right? But again, I strongly uh, I, I thank you, all of you. And Julie and I, we are so grateful to all of you for continuing to make this podcast as popular as it is. It's without a doubt the number one listened to daily podcast for the real estate industry. And I know we have a lot of other folks that are in other businesses that have uh, discovered something in our podcasts and our messaging that they also found, find appealing. And I appreciate that as well. A lot of small business owners have discovered us as we found out and I think that's great it's fun but we're you know we're going to stay focused and we're going to stay in our wheelhouse on the real estate industry so we're going to talk today about your fourth quarter massive action plan we've been talking about this for the last two podcasts um, go back and listen to those two podcasts the fact is is that your your next year has already started whether you are uh, realizing that or not your biggest, um, the biggest reason you will or won't succeed next year is the momentum you build in your business now. So Julie's going to get into the math, oh God, math, of actually how to figure out what you should be doing for the rest of the year. So Julie, let me start out by asking you a question before you get back to the content, okay? Sure. Julie, okay. All right. So let's just talk about Effectively, We asked them a couple podcasts ago to take a calendar and mark out the number of days they're going to be working and not working. And you and I, you did this math like five times. Tell me, based yep. on your math, how many days left they effectively have to work regardless of, you know, just because of the nature of the holidays and the weekends and all that.
2: Sure. Well, so not taking into account any of their own personal travel, long weekends, other things happening, days off for sick kids and things that you can't predict necessarily, just accounting for weekends and holidays. They probably have realistically between 65 and 75 actual work days in spite of the fact that it appears to be end of summer with 120 days left in the year. Realistically, 65 to 75 work days. So that's probably a little shocking for some people to come to that realization that that's how much time you've got to really kill it fourth quarter. And remember that fourth quarter sets you up for a really great first quarter. Why is that important? Because we know from years of coaching calls, hundreds of thousands of coaching calls, our own career, all of our coaches' experience, we know without a shadow of a doubt that when you guys have an off or a down first quarter, however you define that, that it basically trashes your year. It's so, so challenging to get back on your feet and to feel motivated. And those of you who live in cold climates, it's harder on you guys because there's a tendency to be, you know, you can be literally snowed in and can't do some business, but you also have a tendency towards being a little bit depressed, a little bit down because it's cloudy every day, Uh, And, of course, your market is harder to motivate first quarter when you live in those climates, particularly. But I would certainly apply this to everyone in the country, everyone listening, that fourth quarter sets up first quarter, first quarter sets up your year. So not taking this time right now seriously, you're basically saying you're okay with next year not being great. And we're not okay with that. That's why we're bringing it up what seems to be a little bit earlier than many of you might have expected. Back to you. Well,
1: so go ahead. Get to the math. Let's go.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I just basically did it. If you want me to do it again, it uh, looks like 120 days minus 30 no, days no, for Saturdays and Sundays. The, Which math the are formula, you talking
1: about? The, for, the, form, the formula part where we basically tell them exactly what their business plan is, the stuff we we're cutting and pasting, putting on the website, how they can figure out what they're supposed to be doing the rest of the year.
2: Well, okay. So basically what we're doing is uh, if you listen to yesterday's stuff, you figured out, Uh, How much money you need to earn to meet or exceed your goals, not just keeping the lights on, your personal overhead, but also to account for the goals you have like savings, paying stuff off, etc. You took that number and divided it by your average net commission and it told you how many transactions you need to do. So the next question is, where will those transactions come from? The exercise I've been doing with our private clients and our uh, premier coaching clients is this look at the deals you've already done this year. It tells you where your deals probably will continue to come from, probably, that's one indication. If 50% of your business is past clients and center of influence because you've been doing a great job communicating with them, doing your events, your pop buys, your calls, well, keep doing what you're doing and you'll keep getting that result. If you have four or five different spokes that are working for you, then you wanna make sure that your daily schedule reflects those spokes. Now, here's the, the drill down on this. Some of our listeners say that they want business to come from something like probate or expireds. I mean, after all, we're seeing more expired, so that makes sense. And they're saying that's a spoke, but they're not really pursuing it. It's kind of, I call it a phantom spoke or a shadow spoke. It's something you claim you're going after, but it's not actually embedded in your schedule. So your schedule should reflect where you intend your business to come from as well as where it has been coming from. Uh, if the first quarter you had a lot of business from one spoke and it dried up, you want to find out why that was. Did you stop working it in some way? Um, you know, There's lots of indications for why that happens, but we've got to create a schedule. If you say that your business comes from past client center of influence, expireds, and probate, then your daily schedule had better reflect that. If your fourth quarter plan calls for you to do, say, eight more sides. Where are they going to come from? Well, they have to come from your spokes of business. And I think most of our listeners understand that, but basically your spokes in the wheel, are your different pipelines, making it so you're not dependent on any one thing, especially praying to the real estate gods and having the luck of deals dropping in your lap. So I think that's what you're talking about. I had four points left from our, um, maybe three points left from our previous outline one of the things that we've got to embed into the schedule is the fourth quarter center of influence events and my point said have fun fourth quarter it's not supposed to be a grind it is the easiest month to get great at connecting and reconnecting to your client database do builder and developer outreach attend events you can make more powerful contacts in less time this quarter than any other time taking advantage of all of the opportunities you have consider sponsoring Toys for Tots drive or a food drive for your community. Follow our Holiday Gift Wrap Project. We'll be talking about that more as we get closer into the fourth quarter and reap the rewards for taking those actions. Always say yes when invited to events. Some of you are already getting invitations to things, and because you're busy wrapping up your summer business and getting ready for fourth quarter, you're not doing anything about it. Remember that these Center of Influence events are fantastic. It's one event. Let's say it takes two or three hours how many real contacts talking about real estate can you make in those three hours? It's definitely more than if you're just dialing away doing your outbound calls. Anything you want to add to that, Tim? We're going to do a lot more of this fourth quarter since it's such a look big at your,
1: book. Look, look at the chat that I just sent you. So here's the idea. If you, for example, know what your real estate magic number is, and if you guys don't know what that formula is, just request a free coaching call. Freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Freecoachingcallsforagents.com. And then you're going to figure out that your secret to success, and you know, there it is, is a, a certain number of listings that you must maintain at all times. And I'll give you guys an overview of it. Then I want you to actually go and do it yourself. You'll get the business plan. It's called um, it, the uh, Real Estate Magic Number is in the real is in the uh, what is it? The Treasure Map book, right? So you get the Treasure yep. Map book, Real Estate Treasure Map, in the in the Isn't secret number. Too? And That's right. It's in Harris Rules too, and those formulas are inside those two books, but Real Estate Treasure Map you get for free just by requesting a free coaching call at FreeCoachingCallsForAgents.com. All right, so what you're going to discover, and you need to, again, do this and take it seriously, is there's a certain number of listings that you need at all times in order to basically meet or exceed all your personal and business financial goals. And that's meaning you're going to obviously save this certain amount that you want to save. You're going to meet your personal bills, your business bills. You're going to be able to pay off debt. You're going to have fun, the whole thing. And it always comes down to one number. And that one number is the number of listings you need at all times. And so I'm going to just do a, a, a pretend here. Let's say you are selling real estate in some normal mid-market mid someplace, um, and you are going to have a – um let's say your average commission is ten thousand dollars if you had 10 listings at all times even in a transitioning market you're going to discover that those you're going to sell on average at least two or three of those listings per month now these are residential houses and i'm assuming there's nothing wrong with the houses they're not built on a swamp or a power line or anything that's onerous like that they're going to be in a situation where you have um you know a, a, a high likelihood of selling them but you also, this is part of the magic number formula, you also need to know the days in the market. In a normal market, guys, where it's basically a buyer's market, let's just call it that, your average days in the market is probably going to be, the average in the last will probably be 160 days. And if you're following our pricing guides and you're doing good lead follow-up, your average days might be 120. But let's assume that your average days is 160. If you had 10 listings at all times going into the spring of next year and your average commission was $10,000, Let's say, and I know in Southern California and other areas, your numbers, you're going to have to adjust accordingly. Your commissions are going to be higher, but at the same time, your days in the market, like if you're down in Miami or if you're in New York City, your, your commissions are going to be a hell of a lot higher, measured in tens of thousands of dollars, but your days in the market is going to be measured in years opposed to, uh, you know, days. That stuff that used to sell in, you know, a matter of uh, a month in New York City now takes over a year. That's the nature of a market that, you know, you want to know what's happening, going to happen in your market? Look at New York City. Look at Manhattan. Hottest market forever. Look what's happening in Miami. Look what's happening in all these other major markets that everyone's been envious of for so long. They're in complete reversal mode. Same thing that happened during the correction that happened last time. So let's say you need 10 listings at all times. And let's say that you know your days in the market and let's say these aren't doghouse listings and let's say that these listings are, you know, residential types and no, and none of them are moving up. All they're doing is just selling. So there's no multiple transactions here. You're not going to double in these. Just straight up selling your own listings. Pretty easy to do once you get the listing. Two of them, three of them sell per month. You're going to make twenty dollars to $30,000 a month. Now, here's the thing that I need you guys to understand is in order to do the business using the formula that I just gave you, In order to create this business, we don't want you buying the leads. Frankly, there's no place you can really buy reliable seller leads, so you create these yourselves. That's what we teach you to do in our coaching company. But if you have a business that's built on listings, the numbers I just gave you, almost 140,000 of you are hearing what I'm saying, that's how your life will be. That's how your business should be. That's the only sane real estate business model that I've ever seen. So let's say, for example, you say, okay, Tim, I can wrap my mind around this. I'm going to do everything it takes to get to 10 listings by the beginning of next year, and you do it. Now, let's just say you're about two, three quarters. So what does your life consist of going forward? So let's just kind of slow it down here. Your whole life is going to consist of replacing what sells. The work part's going to be, assuming you're starting at zero, the work part's going to be going from zero to where you want to be, let's say 10 listings at all times, and Along the way, you're going to um, you're going to sell some good, right? Need money. Um, here's a, a simple way of thinking about this: If you want 10 listings at all times, you need to make on average at least 10 solid contacts with half to sell sellers every single day. That's going to be somebody like an expired or a you know unrepresented owner, aka a FISBO. That's going to be with a probate. That's going to be somebody that you know a real honest to god motivated seller. And in the market we're entering into, there's going to be a hell of a lot more of them. It's going to, Like I said, the market's going to shift. You're going to see a lot more motivated people hit the market really fast. A lot of these expires that you're starting to see this time of year are going to be your spring listings if you listen to what I'm telling you. So if you have 10 listings at all times, if you make 10 contacts every single day, not just bullshit contacts like listeds and solds, And look, Centers of Influence and past clients are great, but I'm not talking about those. Those are extras. I'm talking about the contacts that are actually with the people that already have their hands in the air saying, I want to sell my house, not you hoping and praying that you're going to find a needle on a haystack. Stop looking for the needle in the haystack. That's stupid. Stop stop focusing on the one in a billion. That's what a lot of you guys are doing with this marketing stuff. A lot of you guys are doing with these postcards. Instead, focus on the haystack. Doesn't that make more sense? You're going to find more opportunity there. That's what we're asking you to do. That's what we teach you to do. Be, do what the opposite of what everyone else is doing, and you'll have an opposite result of what everyone else is getting. Isn't that what you want ultimately? So, look, there it is. You want 10 listings at all times, make 10 solid real contacts a day. I know many of you don't know how to do it. We'll teach you how to do it. That's what we do. We focus you on listings. We're going to focus you to, uh, on how to basically, when you set an appointment, you're going to pre-qualify the appointment. You're going to go on the listing. You're going to take the listing. You're going to get that listing sold. But your life at that point is not convoluted. It's not confusing. You're not, you're not easily uh, pulled off track by someone trying to sell you some gimmick. They'll still call. When you start taking listings, they're going to call a lot more because they're going to assume you want to do this and the other thing, and you need to fancy this, you need to fancy that. You don't. In a market like what we're entering into, here's all you need to do. You need to be really, really good at generating your own business that you don't have to pay for. You need to get really, really good at knowing how to solve people's problems and overcome all the usual objections that happen in a shifting market, let alone a buyer's market. That is a completely different skill set. Many of you don't really have much of a skill set now because you've only been selling in a a hot seller's market, which really doesn't require that much skills. It's mostly social. The market we're going into, those of you who've been in a market like this before, you know what I'm talking about. You're saying, hallelujah, I know you are. The market we're going into, where you have to be half Dr. Phil, you know, half Mr. or Mrs. CMA, you know, half you know, Tony Robbins. I mean, all the emotions that are involved in a real estate transaction. The market we're entering into, there. I promise you guys, if you don't know, it, you, some of you are going to suffer needlessly because you're going to try to wing it. You're going to say to yourselves, "Oh, I know what I'm doing. I'll figure it out along the way." You will lose so much opportunity along the way. Why don't you just skip the learning curve and decide just become a premier coaching member and we're going to get you prepared ahead of the curve. That way you won't have to live in fear. As all the other agents in your marketplace are starting to, you know, let's say it's six months from now, starting to get scared because the market's not popping like it had in the previous springs and summers, you're going to be going like, I already have my shit together. I've got my 10 listings at all times. I know what's going on. So your life will become about servicing your sellers, and that, frankly, you can delegate that, and then replacing what sells. If you don't want to work the nights with our uh, real estate magic number formula, you don't have to. If you don't want to work the weekends, you don't have to. By the way, you're going to have consistent cash flow, and if you want to take some more time off, you can. No one's going to know you're gone because you can work off your computer or your mobile phone. You get an offer. You could still work it no matter where you are. You guys get the sanity of what we're trying to coach you to do. That's the essence of the real estate magic number. That's the essence of what the best real estate model, the best real estate practice is all about. It's not about teams and egos and branding and all this other stuff. Believe it or not, guys, you don't need any of that crap to make the most amount of profit in this business, any of it. You don't need to do any of it. Look at, for example, some of the number one agents in the country, and I don't mean number one in the sense that they're the most famous because in many cases, you're going to have to decide whether you want to make a profit or whether you want to be famous because generally speaking, you can't do both. The people you know who are famous, let's say, generally have no profit because they've spent their money to basically become famous. They've, they've literally blown all their profit to, make, to sell hundreds and thousands of houses and get all the words and the plaques and all the rest of it. But here's the irony of all those awards and plaques. The banks won't treat those as deposits. When you drive through the drive through bank and you try to insert your just-rewarded plaque for being the top agent and selling 500 houses in a year, they are not going to monetize that for you. So those things, at the end of the day, are completely worthless. They provide no value. Sellers, really, you know, the, the real estate buyers and sellers, they don't care either. So why are you doing it? Why are you pursuing it? Because you've been manipulated through your ego. That's why. So reject those things and focus on making profit. You're going to also have to seriously look at, the, at really the, the 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 sanity or insanity of building teams, or the sanity of insanity or insanity of buying buyer leads. Look, guys, why don't you challenge yourselves and focus just purely on listings? At least make that your core focus for the remainder of this year into the first of, of next year. Because when you do, look, you're going to pick up occasional easy buyers. I get it. They'll they'll fall into your lap because you're going to have listings. What you're you're going to have more importantly and what we want for all of you, the reason you got in this business is you're going to start earning your way to having true financial freedom. And the only way you can have financial freedom is if you have consistency of cash flow. That consistency of cash flow has to happen because you have a certain number of listings, whatever your magic number is, that sell predictably every single month. And when you do that, guys, you have something that many people will never accomplish in any business, let alone the real estate business. You have a real consistent cash flow of business. You can make predictions. You can make commitments. You can make uh, plans, right, that aren't predicated on having to borrow money or put it on a credit card, you can say no to people when they call you up and try to basically coerce you into buying a, you know, a widget or a wadget just for the sake of oh my gosh, if you don't buy it, somebody else is going to buy it. We have verified written, you know, for sure buyer leads in your market, and we're, you know, if you don't buy them, we're going to call the next agent in your office and try to sell them to them. All that bullshit you can finally say no to. Just literally, don't even just delete the message when you see it in your voicemail. That's the power of cash flow that comes from being a listing agent, from knowing your real estate magic number. Use that as your North Star as you're deciding what you're going to do in fourth quarter. Okay. The, the, start with what Julie and I have taught you guys over the last three days. Start with then going to request a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com and then completing your real estate treasure map. The real estate treasure map is going to give you the real estate magic formula. Yes, I know. It's going to require that you guys actually have some level of, of you know commitment to your actual business plan, some level of commitment to your actual you know numbers, knowing what your numbers are all that stuff is going to seem very intimidating to a lot of you. I get it because you 've never done it before. But why don't you do it now? No, don't do it during normal working days. That's not what I'm asking you to do. Do it, th- do it this weekend. Do it with your spouse as far as like completing your real estate treasure map, which is your business and personal life plan. Do all that now. Don't wait until first quarter to, to actually get started on this. The weak agents, they wait until the first quarter. Julie touched on this twice on today's show. They wait and then they wonder. Wait and wonder. Wait and wonder. Where is my business going to come from? You know what? I'm going to wait until after the holidays. How am I ever going to succeed? I'm going to wait until after the holidays. I'm going to wait until after. Okay, well, the, I don't have business yet because it's not spring. Wait and wonder. Isn't that what agents do? Isn't that how this business generally has worked forever? And then what happens is they don't make any money until the summer. And then, because they're so busy trying to hustle to make money, because they didn't make any closings in the spring, they make a few closings, they do some deals in the you know summer, and then they didn't uh, they stop lead generating and they have no business going into the fall. And then the cycle starts again. They never get ahead financially. They never get ahead in any meaningful way. At the end of the year, that's the reason that most agents you know basically make no profit. The average income from the average agent, if you look at it according to NOR, of these agents would have been better if they worked at Home Depot as full-time store shelf stockers or whatever. That's the unfortunate truth, right? It's because no one's ever told them what we just told you. No one's ever told them to focus on listings. Everyone's trying to sell you guys the easy button. You need to take this seriously. You need to think about it. Julie, any thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, well, I have a quick example for you. I will never forget this. It really resonated with me as a coach I had a uh, private coaching client that was a very new, like a year or less in the business. But she had become very focused and was pursuing expireds and expanding her center of influence, but primarily her expireds. And she lived in upstate New York. Okay? She sent me an email after she had a light bulb go off. It was like some kind of crazy blizzard in January up there. And she said, you know, I just realized something. I, because I have become a listing agent, she had built up her inventory to like 10 or 12 listings in the dead of winter, okay? Because I've become a listing agent, I am sitting here in my living room with a roaring fire in the fireplace, my yellow lab at my feet, while yeah. other agents have to worry about shoveling their way to show my listings tomorrow. I like this lifestyle better." And that's all she wrote. And I thought, hallelujah, the light bulb has gone off. So when you get to that magic number, your job is to replace them as they sell. The issue is getting there in the first place, and it is uh, easier to do it this time of year than trying to find your motivation in January. Don't wait. I mean, I I don't know how else we can pound this into them. Uh, There is another great example for our Premier Coaching members that are on the uh, private Facebook page. Luis Andres Pichardo posted this really great uh, board full of scripts that he has posted in his office that basically wraps around his laptop and he said, I wanted to share with you all this prospecting board I made with all of the Tim and Julie scripts. It helps me stay within the script when talking to prospects while also reminding me why I'm doing it. He has, other, he has family pictures. He's got a picture of uh, money right next to the scripts. And so I thought this is a great example of somebody who's drilled down and focused, and I'm really glad that he posted that. So speaking of Premier Coaching, I'm off and I will let you wrap it up. So listen,
1: guys, here's the bottom line. You have to decide what your next year is going to be like. I mean, Julie and I have always played, well, probably for the last, you know, we've been married for almost 30 years. And one of the things we sort of wandered into is thanking past Tim and Julie, right? So when we have some nice thing that happens today as a result of some thing that we did you know, a year ago, even last week, we always say, thank you, Tim and past Tim and Joy. It's just kind of a little internal family joke. You guys need to maybe consider doing the same thing. But if you don't find yourself thanking the past version of you right now, it's because the past version of you wasn't doing what he or she didn't want to do and they didn't want to do it at the highest level. And most of the things that you're going to be most grateful for and thankful for are the things you'd rather not do. <laughs> Believe me, I know that. Oh, and it sucks, but it's true, and it's all the things that are you know what we talk about on this podcast. All the things that you're avoiding doing. Look at all the things that you've been attracted to professionally. Haven't all of them basically been focused around the easy button? Haven't all of them been focused on essentially whatever's going to essentially make it so you don't have to put yourself in a position to really have any skills? I know that's harsh, and sometimes it's maybe offensive to some of you, but it's always uh, also the truth. I mean, if you had a seller, ask yourself different, like, for example, you know, we talked about this yesterday. I think it's a really good example. There's a FISBO in your neighborhood, in your market, and you drive by it, and you don't knock on the door. Why? Why? It doesn't make any sense. I mean, you're in the real estate business, right? That's a house that is for sale. The seller need doesn't have an agent. Why wouldn't you solicit that seller? It just doesn't make any sense. It literally doesn't make sense. But later that day, You guys go and you get a solicitation from somebody wanting to sell you a lead, right? So they're going to sell you a lead, and you're going to buy the lead opposed to actually having gone and solicited, knocked on the door, used our scripts of the seller you drove by that would have cost you nothing. Isn't that amazing? Here, here's a funny experience for you. Go to your MLS and look to see how many expired listings, expired and withdrawn listings there have been in your market in the past six months. And I promise you that whatever that number was in the past six months, no matter what market you're in, in the next six months, that number is probably going to triple. There are a whole bunch of leads for you guys right there. Why are you still buying leads? (laughs) I mean, seriously, why? Okay, let's be honest. It's because you don't know what to say because you're afraid of rejection because you're afraid of – your ego is telling you, oh, you'll come off as pushy and you don't want to be perceived as a salesperson. All this other stuff that comes off in your head, oh, it's not for me. Oh, that's not my style. Oh, that's just this uh, the other thing, okay? But if you're you're a doctor and you're walking down the street and you see somebody that needs medical help, you have actually signed something. You, You are morally obligated to help that person. Do no harm. In real estate, why don't you see it the same way as that doctor would? Why would you see it that you would sign some sort of you know, Hippocratic oath that makes you morally obligated to help somebody when you see them needing real estate help? Isn't that what a FISBO or an expired or withdrawn or all these other sources we teach you to pursue? Isn't that the same thing? But you don't know how to do it, do you? So learn how to do it. It's not difficult. I promise you it's not difficult. And learn how to do it before it's too late. And by too late, I mean – when you are in a situation where you're realizing everything you've been doing in this previous hot seller's market is no longer working and you have no cash flow or you have virtually no closings and you have virtually no listings, that's the too late part. When you're listless, when you're out of business, why would you wait? Why would you, why would you torture yourself and torture your family? Now, here's, again, another little interesting thought that just popped into my head from my coaching brain. Many of you, 99% of you, don't do shit until you basically have your backs against the wall. Don't you realize what that leads to? Don't you realize that that is the ups and downs in your cash flow? Don't you realize that's the ups and downs in your life? Don't you realize that leads to ups and downs in just every aspect of your existence on this planet? You get it? Why are you waiting for something to push you into a corner? Why don't you anticipate that happening and prepare for it so you don't have that experience? You don't have to have ups and downs in your cash flow. You don't have to have booms and bust cycles in your life, let alone your finances or your health or your personal life. You don't have to experience that. That's purely optional. You guys understand? This is about you taking control and taking responsibility. Listen, i got to get to a coaching call. If there's anything we could do for you, it's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Guys, deep dive into the podcast. If you're new to us, if you've never come across us before, if you're going, who the heck are these people? I've never heard anyone say stuff like this before. The best way for you to get to know us the quickest is going to request a coaching call at FreeCoachingCallsForAgents.com or just go and listen to the thousands of past podcasts we have. They're available on iTunes, Stitcher, your, or your favorite podcast. Um, you know, a podcast listening device, or you can just hop over to Tim and Julie and obviously, uh, we have all the podcasts there under the podcast button. You guys need us for anything? It's Tim at Tim and Julie or Julie at Tim and Julie Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow.
0: This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs,